Welcome, everyone. Uh, let me just pray over us, and, and we'll, we'll get into this. God in heaven, we just want to thank you for this time. Uh, as we are coming to this place to just hear about what baptism means and then experience a baptism, uh, Jesus, we just ask right now that you would open our eyes to what you're doing here, that your presence is with us. And for us just to come humbly, come and worship, come enjoy for this baptism, Jesus. Thank you for all that it means, not only for Ashland, but also for us as a body, as a united family. So we pray this in your name, amen. So what's sweet about this week is uh, we're gonna be beginning a new sermon series next week, and it's titled, Why Church? And as we're having a baptism today, I can't think of anything more appropriate to highlight one of the beauties of why God made the church than to speak about baptism. Now, things are going to go a little different. Typically, uh, I preach a full-length sermon, and we move right into worship, but instead, I'm just going to give a short teaching on what baptism is, and then I'm going to invite Ashlyn, who's getting baptized today, to come up here, and we're going to baptize her. So, why church? If you're new here, one of our identity statements is that we are a family of missionary servants sent to be and make disciples that make disciples. As we look through scripture and what God has called us to be, it's a short way of summing that up. And what baptism represents when we baptize someone as a church is it represents a deep unity in two ways. One is it's unifying the person who's being baptized with Christ because of their faith that they put into him for salvation. We baptize as an active metaphor, as a proclamation to say, yes, this person is united with Christ. But with that too is a unity within the body of Christ. That's the way the church, one of the ways the church is described is a body representing Christ and there's this deep unity that comes with that. Baptism is held in such regard that it is also called a sacrament. Now, if you haven't grown up in church, or maybe even if you have, often there's words that are thrown around that we don't really think much about. And sacrament, you are not going to find within the Bible. Rather, it's a word that describes things that are within Scripture. And it's talking about a sacred action or a sacred moment. And specifically, this moment is what unity describes. That unity and what we hold as far as being united with Christ and be united with the body is a sacred moment. And when we baptize someone, we baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Well, why do we do that? Well, it's because the Father, we are adopted into his family when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. It's not a distant God that we come into relationship with. Rather, it's a very personal experience. The way that we come into the family is through Jesus Christ who came among us, fully God, fully man. And he died upon the cross where our sins are placed upon him when we put our faith upon him, that he suffered the wrath of God that he has against all the brokenness in, the, in this world, all the sin that we have committed, and he took that punishment upon him. So when we baptize someone and put them underneath the water, it's very much representative of that. But Jesus didn't stay dead. He rose three days later, so when we raise someone out, we are celebrating the fact that they are united with him also within new life and within that baptism. 
So the triunity of God then is over this time and over this space. As we witness the baptism with Ashlyn, expressing her uniting herself with Jesus Christ. And it speaks of her commitment, that she is coming underneath Jesus as her Lord, as her Savior, and her life is united with him. So I just want to speak to a couple of scriptures that describe these two aspects of unity. So first of all, being united with Christ. The reasons that we, we do baptism in the first place is because it's what Jesus called us to. In Matthew 28, verse 16, or sorry, verse 18, it says, And Jesus came and said to them, his disciples, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you. I am with you always to the end of the age. So Jesus gives us a command for baptism because it's that important. And in fact, it's the, it should be like the first step in following Jesus Christ. In our la- lifelong length of discipleship, this is one of the first acts where we say, I'm all in Jesus and I'm proclaiming it before others. Baptism, the actual act, is described, the meaning behind it is described in Romans 6, 5 through 8. And I'm going to read this in the NLT version. It says, since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin, for when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. When I have done baptisms before in the, past, in the past, one of the metaphors I use to help explain it is it's very much like a marriage ceremony. If you've been to one, you know that the marriage ceremony isn't what's going to make the marriage. It's not the thing that's going to make it last forever, but it's still an essential part for what it means to come before people to express your unity to another individual. And so likewise, this is what baptism is. It doesn't save someone. It isn't the act that saves, but rather it expresses and declares that Jesus is the one who is saved. That it's his grace that has brought us out of the, of the tyranny of sin and darkness. And so that's why it's so important. Just like sometimes you're in that tension with, with marriage, right? Like, oh, should I have the ceremony or not? No, you have to have it because you need other people to see what you're doing and to have a witness to that. So baptism represents a sacred relationship that only Jesus could accomplish on Ashland's behalf. It's not just an empty act that we do of just putting someone under the water and pulling it back up. No, Jesus is here and we believe in his active presence just like when we take communion as well. Wayne Grudem put it this way, the amazing truths of passing through the waters of judgment safely, of dying and rising with Christ and of having our sins washed away are truths of momentous and eternal proportion and ought to be an occasion for giving great glory and praise to God. So the second thing we're going to hit 
is being united with the church. And unfortunately, I think this has been glossed over a lot when it comes to baptism. Because what we're saying is, is it's not just you as an individual being united with Christ, but you're being united also with the family. Before I jump into this, I think it's probably about now that may be good to go in and start getting kids rounded up, because Ashlyn will be up here in a minute and share her story. So, um, Mike, just giving you the heads up. So baptism reminds us of our faith in Christ and encourages us to keep pursuing him, but we're also reminded that our relationship with Christ is connected with his body. We are all members of one another in Christ. Following Jesus is not just an individual experience. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 13 says this. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. So this summer I did two marriage ceremonies. And one of the things that I did is I gave a charge to the whole audience because it's easy to go into a marriage ceremony and be like, sweet, that was awesome, get some free cake and let's move on with life. Hopefully it's a little more joyous than that. But the thing I charged the audience was you are more than just a passive observer. You are here as a witness, meaning that if that married couple like deviates from their relationship and they're not living healthily, you need to step in, call them out and say, hey, by the way, We love you, and you're not headed in a good direction. Or, on the positive side, encouraging them in tough moments or in good moments, like keep going. And so we're doing the same here. Ashlyn's going to get baptized, and I want you to see a sister in Christ. I want you to see that you're responsible for her discipleship like she's responsible for your discipleship. We're a family here. And so we don't want to be passive observers right now. We need to be intentional family members watch this. So with that, um, I'm going to invite Ashlyn up here. It's perfect timing because the kids are coming in. So Ashlyn, come on up. (laughs) Don't run over any kids. All right, you can hold on to that. Oh, I get a mic. Wow. You do get a mic. I uh, can't use it quite yet because um, the first thing I want to do is just pray over her. And if one of the things, we haven't done this for a while, but um, as we pray over her, if you feel led so, just raise up a hand and join me in praying over her. And then I'm going to have her share why she's getting baptized today, and then we'll, we'll move her into the tank. But would you join me right now? Jesus, I just want to pray over my sister in Christ right now. God, I just ask that you would fill her up with your Holy Spirit, that um, Jesus, she's put her faith in you, and your spirit is within her, and so what we just pray for is just a life um, of joy and peace, pursuing you through all the, the trials that are going to come, but I also pray that she knows that she's not alone. Your body is here right now as Radiant Church, but it also extends across the globe so that wherever she goes... Um, she will not be alone because there will be those who are following you who need to be in her life, encouraging her and pursuing you, Jesus. So we just pray over this time. Um, God, we just cry out to you that this would just be a beautiful moment, but also that we'd all experience the joyful weight that it is. 
and the, the seriousness, the sacredness, as well as the joy uh, that's happening right now. So we thank you so much for Ashlyn, and we thank you that she's our sister. We pray this in your name. Amen. So I'm just going to share a little bit about me. So I was raised homeschooled, um, but we didn't go to church, and my parents never really talked about faith. Um, I remember asking my mom once why we didn't attend church, and she said something to the effect of, I don't agree with what they teach, and then that was kind of that, and we didn't really talk about it again. Um, growing up, I always knew there was something bigger than me, something I needed to live for. I just didn't know what it was. A little over a year ago, a friend invited me to Chi Alpha, the Christian group on campus, and I was driving home from school when I got a text that Chi Alpha was in 15 minutes. I had no idea what it was about, but I thought, why not? So I took a U-turn at the next light, and I went to Chi Alpha for the first time. I love telling this story because it is such a great parallel for what was happening in my life. I took a physical U-turn in my car, but that night was also like a spiritual U-turn for me. It hasn't all been easy since then. I, don't, I didn't immediately accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior that night, but I did keep going to Chi Alpha and to church and slowly learn more about Christianity. A few weeks later, after a long conversation with a man named Carl in the Wood Center on campus, I accepted the sacrifice Jesus made for me and declared him my Lord. But I still struggled with a lot with the idea of forgiveness, and it has taken me a long time to come to accept that my past sins are fully forgiven. I think the biggest learning moment for me was in the spring. Right after school got out, I was struggling a lot with what I wanted to do and who I was. I've always been a very independent person, and I hated the idea of giving even a sliver of that up for anything. I knew theologically that I was dependent on God and that my life wasn't my own, but I still hadn't fully accepted that. I was clinging to the thought that I could be completely independent in life. I met up with my friend Rachel, who is here somewhere, <laughs> um, and talked for about an hour about God and about desiring independence. It was so reassuring for me to hear that even people who have been a Christian their whole life sometimes struggle with wanting to be independent. I spent the next few weeks praying to God that if he wanted me to give up some of my independence, that he would change my heart and help me to learn to submit to him. Gradually, my heart space shifted, and I realized that I was becoming okay with the idea of submitting my life to him. This past year has been a whirlwind of learning and growing for me, but through all of the craziness, God was with me, constantly reminding me of his love for me. Today, I am finally publicly declaring my love for Jesus and my commitment to his church. All right, awesome. Thank you. Yeah. All right, so go ahead and step in. All right, awesome. Just sit there. Yep, scoot up close. There we go. Awesome. Just the right, right amount. All right, you can put your hand over your mouth. Ashlyn, before the church, your church family that's here today, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. awesome. So right now is our time to respond to this. And much like a marriage, one of the things about baptism that it's so powerful about is for married couples, they should remember, oh yeah, that's right. This is what my marriage is about. So for us as believers, we remember, oh yeah, that's right. This is what it's about to be a follower of Jesus. So let's respond now. We're going to respond in singing and I 
I encourage you, sing out. Don't leave the band up here singing by themselves. Second thing I want to encourage is this is a time to celebrate communion, which is the other sacrament that we celebrate on a weekly basis. It also reminds us of the the powerful unity that we have in Christ because that cracker represents his blood that was shed for us. Sorry, the cracker represents his body that was broken and the juice represents his body that was shed for us. So I encourage you, if you're a follower of Jesus, take this time to praise him. Praise him for what he's done in your life right now. And I encourage, even even if you're like, feel at the bottom right now, maybe your week didn't go well, let this be a time to come before him and come before the feet of Jesus and praise and worship. So we've got a couple communion tables up front. We've got one in the back. I encourage you to, to take time. Let's do that as a family as we are displaying, continue to display our unity. Let's pray. God in heaven, we praise you We rejoice in the fact of what you've done in Ashlyn's life. And we just ask right now, Jesus, that um, this time in singing would um, be a joy. Even in those moments where we don't feel like it, just by witnessing this act and what you're doing in someone else's life, that we're able to come and be one and rejoice. And remember that this is so much precious than all the other things going on in the world today. It's, there's light and there is life in what we've seen today. So Jesus, let this be for you. We pray this in your name, amen.